All right, so this is uh, the Midnight Citizen Show. I'm your host, Mike Booty, and uh, I'm live here on the porch of a cabin at the KOA, the Campgrounds of America here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm doing a live show right now on Facebook, which I've never done before. I hope it works out okay. Uh, I the the Wi-Fi has just been really really buggy uh, out here, and uh, right now like I've got a movie going on while I'm recording. I'm trying not to. I'm probably that's probably not a wise decision. It's taking a little bit too much of the uh, Wi-Fi, but I've got Salem's Lot playing, a 1979 Toby Ho uh, Hooper film, starring Ben Mears as David Soul. And yeah, so what I'm doing is, I, this is a very much an experimental show. Whatever, I've been doing this show since 2010. I'm still experimenting with it. I don't know. Um, but I've been doing uh, shows in the studio now for so long. It's been a very long time since I've just done a field show. Um, I used to not be able to uh, record that much in my home studio. Uh, because Saturday night would come when I normally would like to do that, and I would just be so tired from the week that I would just instead kill two birds with one stone and go out and uh, record during the week while I was at, you know, in between bits and spurts and work and walking around the streets of Birmingham, Alabama, my hometown. And that way I would just upload the show and... I'd be able to get stuff done within the week and record a show at the same time and just upload the audio of that. And I really enjoyed that for, for a while. Uh, but sooner or later, like a few years ago, I just really began to have a hunger to do the show as it was always intended, which is to do it in a studio, in a controlled environment, um, late at night, and preferably live, do a live show. Um, so I've been doing them in the studio pretty much for like the last two years. Every show I've done has been in the studio. And uh, then last week, I actually did do a live show. Uh, I began recording at like 10 o'clock at night and people joined in and talked to me live while I was doing the show. And I just enjoyed that so much. Um, and yeah, the, this week now I'm in, in Nashville and I'm not in the studio, so I can't record a show. Um, so I thought I would like combine the two. This is the first time I've ever done this. I'm combining the two. So I am recording on my Zoom microphone. I am recording uh, into my uh, digitally for audio to be uploaded later, but I'm also recording on Facebook Live uh, for people to drop in and just like say hello if they want to. And so, yeah, there it is right there. I think <laughs> I literally just had one person come in and then leave when they saw what this was, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so... I, uh, yeah, I just decided, to, you know, I wanted to get out of town for the weekend. I don't know. I'm up here at this campgrounds of America. If you're not familiar with it, um, you know, these are just these franchised campgrounds all over the country. Um, you could stay in a hotel or you could stay at a place like this where they have it's it's at least a little bit in nature. I, I wouldn't really call it primitive camping. Um, although I, I am staying in a cabin without any, you know, um, 
without a bathroom or a shower or anything like that. It's just totally like it's a bed and, and there is a refrigerator, which is good. So I can keep my beer cold. Uh, but it, like one of the primary reasons I love staying in places like this is that they do have just these cabins with porches and you can sit out on it and it's just a really unique way to travel. And it's typically a lot cheaper uh, than the average hotel room. And um, I'm, wasn't planning on coming up here to Nashville this weekend, but uh, because I stay at these KOAs so many times during the year, usually on vacation with my wife or um, in October, my whole family comes to one and uh, goes to one in uh, Georgia. I'm a member of the KOA value club. <laughs> so you pay like 30 bucks a year and you get points and all that. The points actually really helped me. After like three years of saving them up, my wife and I were able to stay at a KOA for free this uh, past um, July when we went to Hot Springs, Arkansas. Um, but yeah, you, you one of the perks you get is that you do get one free camping weekend a year. And it's not even really a free camping weekend. It's uh, more like a free camping night. It's very falsely advertised. Um, you stay... Friday night, and then you get Saturday night for free. So, um, and that makes sense because it's, it is not like you can just do it whenever you want to. It's on one specific weekend, uh, a year. And if you don't stay there on that weekend, then you do lose it. You lose that benefit. So, uh, I felt like I had, a a gun to my head a little bit. <laughs> And just decided to come up to Nashville this weekend and and uh, take advantage of that of that perk. So, yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. What was I saying? So just staying here at uh, the KOA. And the the free camping weekend normally falls on my birthday. Actually, like my birthday is. September 19th, it's next weekend, but this weekend it, it came a week early, so I'm not really sure why that happened, but anyway. Uh, my wife, Jessica, was going to join me tonight, but she w has been working all weekend. She's preparing to do a show, which opens this week, and she's directing a show, and, you know, I, I totally understand that. That's okay, but anyway. Yeah, the, these KOAs are just, um, they're franchised, so... Kind of just like with any franchise um, around the country, any franchise business, you really never know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get like some basic things that are going to be the same everywhere. Like at Taco Bell, uh, it's franchise. You know you're going to get the same decor, for instance. But you don't really know... Sometimes the food is not going to be as good at one place as it is another, the employees, whatever. Uh, the KOA is very much the same way. So all these KOAs are run differently. And occasionally you may get like a really nice one uh, that's run by a mom and pop team that take a lot of care and pride in their campground. And then some days you may get one like this here in Nashville, uh, which is, it's a nice campground. I don't want to disparage it. Uh, but it's a lot more corporate owned. It's probably run by some absentee landlord, corporate conglomerate or whatever. 
and you just the employees are not as nice it just seems like they're not treated very well and I went in to try and get breakfast in their lounge this morning and they were just like, like, what do you want? What? <laughs> so, you know, but, but it's all for the better because I did actually get to go into Nashville today and sightsee, I guess, and take in some of the local color. So that was nice. Um, yeah, I only live three hours south of here. Uh, yet I've only been here. A handful of times in my entire life, once I drove through here uh, on my way to, I don't know, somewhere up north. And I came here last summer. I actually stayed at the same KOA last summer uh, because I had been offered a job uh, teaching up here. Yeah, I had been offered a job teaching um, at the school called something like Freedom Academy or Liberty or something like that. No, something very patriotic. I got offered a job up here um, and interviewed with the principal over Zoom and uh, had to teach a couple of like mock lessons and everything like that. Oh, it's very loud at this campground, right? And yeah, I, I came up here just over the weekend once they offered me the job just to kind of check it out. Um, I was like, if nothing else, it'll be a nice getaway for the weekend. So I came up here and checked it out, stayed here at this campground and then went to check out the school the next day. And I ended up not taking the job. Um, not so much because it didn't look like it was a nice school. It did look like it was a nice school. Um, but the problem with it was, is that during my interview, uh, they gave me a lesson that I was supposed to teach and it was essentially a script. Like I had never, I had always heard of this going on. Like when you're, when you're, some schools actually do just give their teachers scripts to teach from to walk their kids through a lesson, like their tour guides at Disney world or something like that. No. Uh, and I had always heard of this going on, but I'd never seen it myself. And so I was astonished that the school actually did give me just a script and they expected me like, it's just so weird that you're going to hire teachers, uh, who went to college for years and have degrees about teaching and you're just going to give them a, a script to read. And it just, that, that was ultimately why I did not take the job. I did not want to be um, just somebody who went in and had no control at all over, over their lesson. So I'm trying to figure this out. Okay, Facebook. Some notification just popped up that said, you know, tap to let them in or something. I don't know what's going on. I'm hoping that people can see me. I don't know. <laughs> it says comments will, will appear here. And I keep on seeing people come in and out. So I don't know what's going on. Hopefully this is working. I really do not know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I just decided not to take that job, but I did have a nice weekend in Nashville last year. And I did actually drive by um, the school where I was offered a job last year. I drove by it today. Um, I, I had to stop by Publix and they ended up, yeah, I was like, wow, I could have ended up, I could have been working there. That, this could have been my life in Nashville, right? 
know. And just part, I think one of the reasons why I was really considering working up here, because I, I applied to some jobs at different cities that I would have been interested in, in, in living in. It was just this moment in my career where I was like, I'm not, I, I, I've got this training and I've got a little bit of credibility in my field now. I've been working as a teacher for a few years. I can actually, if I want to, pick up with my wife and just move somewhere and just have a new adventure in another city. I can do that totally. Um, and yeah, so I, I just applied to jobs uh, everywhere. I, I applied to a job, like I said, here in Nashville. Uh, I applied to a job in Savannah, Georgia, uh, where my mother-in-law lives. I, I applied to a job in Chicago, and I, I applied to and was offered a job in Phoenix, Arizona. Don't ask me why I want to live in Phoenix. I have no idea. I guess I've always just been interested in the desert, as I think everybody is until they actually go there. Um, I don't know. So... But yeah, I think like one of the reasons I wanted to come up here to Nashville is because there's a, a, a true like identity associated with the city. If you're if you're from Nashville, you really do have an identity that you can give to people um, like being from Birmingham. Not to say that there's not an identity associated with that city, but it's a very mixed bag identity. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, Birmingham, Alabama, that, that's where uh, all those police officers turned fire hoses on black people in the 60s. Uh, that's where that church blew up that killed these four girls during the civil rights movement. Uh, it's a very negative uh, place, and it's not like that anymore. Uh, Birmingham is a very liberal, forward-thinking, progressive city, I think primarily because the civil rights movement kind of drove all the white people out of it, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm still a white person living there, but but you know every city has its problems. But still, you you come up to Nashville and it's uh, you don't think of certain stuff like that, right? Um, I I guess you do. I was going to say Martin Luther King was assassinated here. No, that was Memphis. Yeah, Nashville's okay, right? <laughs> but yeah, Nashville is Music City. Okay, it's uh, the the the. the pretty much the musical capital of the United States, maybe even the world. You know, there's other places. There's New York. There's Los Angeles. But really, like Chicago, but really Nashville is uh, the heart of American music, okay? It's, you know, country music was uh, located and headquartered here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and this, along with, like, blues and jazz, I, I guess, or I've been told... These are like the true American inventions, okay? And so Nashville is where everything kind of comes together. And so you, you come up here, and obviously they honor a lot of their, like, heroes. Uh, Johnny Cash, right? Uh, Garth Brooks. Um, uh, yeah, and, and everywhere you go, like, I went down to uh, the main street today. I don't know what it's called. It's like the touristy section. But it's where, like, Tootsie's is. It's basically where... If you're a singer-songwriter and you want to come to Nashville to get discovered, this is where you go. And there's some kind of a law or something. I was there at 10 o'clock in the morning, and every bar was open. Every bar was uh, stocked with liquor and people crowding in. And there was live music coming from every single direction. I had never really seen or heard anything quite like it. Just walking down the street, there was just – it was very – um, it was very lively at 1030 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And there, there were party buses going up and down the street of like, uh, young people, 
hanging out of it, just like wooing, you know, the wooing. Woo! Right. <laughs> I came up with this idea, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in um, graduate school right now getting my master's in English literature, so I, I decided not to go the linguistics route. But if I did... I think like a really cool master's thesis or dissertation for for linguistics would have been to actually study. And I'm I'm being serious here. I'm not joking, but I think it'd be like studying party language. You know, party language. the The inflections of voices, as when people say things excitedly, and they're at a party and and they don't know like really have exactly the words to express how excited they are. So they just go like, woo, right? It's like in the old West, you would have cowboys. They would be like, yeehaw or whatever. Um, or they would take their guns and shoot them up into the air. And the town constable would come by and say, uh, this isn't really a safe way to express your enthusiasm. Could you think of some other way to be excited other than firing guns up into the air? And so some 200 years later, we have a drunk frat kid hanging off the side of a bus in Nashville, Tennessee, going like, woo! Right? <laughs> you know, that's, there it is. I mean, I think that would be an interesting study uh, in linguistics. Yeah. So. And uh, I keep on getting notifications on my phone. I just got one just now all weekend long from whatever news thing I subscribe to <laughs> about, yeah, the big news this week, uh, Queen Elizabeth II, longest reigning monarch in Britain died. Um, a lot of people have been talking about this and uh, offering up opinions and I don't know. I guess here's another one, right? Yeah, I, I've I've been to Britain. I've I've walked by Buck, Buckingham Palace, and uh, you know, I guess I've never been interested at all. And I, I've always thought that people who are obsessed with the royal family is just they're they're just, I, like they should find something else to do. I don't know. To me, it seems like you're essentially participating in your own. Uh, in your own destruction, if you really enjoy following the royals. Maybe I'm being a little bit hyperbolic here, but I cannot get along with a system of hierarchy that makes it okay to call somebody a commoner. I mean, that's what it is. It's like, oh, Kate Middleton, she's a commoner, right? Diana, she's a commoner, okay? Like, I, I understand that they're not commoners. I understand that there's they're distinguishing between, you know, royal blood, blood that has, like, gone through uncorrupted for, you know, a thousand years, right? I understand. And everybody else is just out there inbreeding and <laughs> whatever. But it has, like, the, these very negative connotations that, uh, you know, with the death of Queen Elizabeth II this week, it just seems like the entire world is... Uh, participating in this archaic form of government that inherently, uh, you know, 
worships a class structure, and uh, that's that's we're not supposed to be there anymore in 2022. We're not supposed to have this class structure, uh, and and this seems to just be making it okay in the Western world. I, I don't understand that. Um, and a lot of people say, well, it's been around for a really long time. Well, a lot of things have been around for a really long time. But I don't know. Um, yeah, when I, when I went into grad school, one of the things that I wanted to do first was I wanted to take some classes in British literature. Uh, not so much because I'm, I'm primarily interested in British literature, but because I'm really not interested in British literature. I didn't have much of a background in it because uh, growing up in America it's really difficult for me to get out of my own comfort zone as a reader. And so I wanted to take classes in British literature just to do that, just to read new stuff with guidance from somebody who studied it. And I did. I, I read, uh, you know, like The Remains of the Day by Kazuo Ishiguro. I read The Lonely Londoners by Sam Slevin from the 1950s. I, I tried reading these books um, about British history or about British culture. And it's a deeply problematic culture. I mean, you think that we have problems here in America, like my God, right? Like Britain is still trying to grapple with the idea that it doesn't have an empire anymore. Um, right? like for hundreds of years, yeah, Britain enslaved and condoned social structures that were uh, just oppressive all over the world. They were totally okay with that. And uh, it just surprised me so much. And, and so much of this is, is owed to this just worship of the royal family. These people who were born without deserving any kind of worship other than the fact that their, 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 their family lineage is royal. Um, it surprises me. You know, listen, that being said, I am not glad that Queen Elizabeth II is dead, okay? I'm not, I'm not, I just think, it is, it is very significant because, um, somebody's saying, you know, when Queen, when Queen Elizabeth II was coronated, Winston Churchill was the Prime Minister, okay? Winston effing Churchill, um, of course, it was really after Winston Churchill had done like all of his major things and he was kind of just a used up old bag of a politician. But Winston Churchill, just all of the people that Queen Elizabeth II has seen. I, I heard somebody on the radio talking about how they were doing the math that um, Winston Churchill was born 101 years before the current prime minister was born, right? Um, I think she was born in like 1975 or something like that. Winston Churchill was born, what, in 1874? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah I think just as Americans, uh, being over here where everybody is ideally supposed to be born at the same starting line, I know obviously nobody is, but we don't get, we're, we're not born in this country with this immediate idea that th we, we deserve everything that we should get. Okay. Um, you know, when Queen Elizabeth II was born, 
there wasn't this idea that she was someday going to be queen because I think like a lot of stuff had to happen in order for her to be queen, right? Like her, her father was the king and then, uh, her father died. And then I think her uncle became king, but he didn't want it anymore. Cause he wanted to marry, he wanted to marry, uh, somebody, a commoner, right? So he had to abdicate the throne in order to get, to get married. And then, and then she became queen. So it was, it was this chain of like very bizarre circumstances that led to her eventually being, um, being crowned. Uh, but nevertheless, there was this idea that queen Elizabeth II was, could possibly be a Royal someday. She was born with this understanding that she was going to get this education and how to be a Royal um, and she was inherently better than everyone else. And that's not necessarily supposed to be the idea of being born in America. Again, I know that some people are born better, th better off than others. Okay. With the perpetual, right. Ricky Schroeder spoon in their mouth, silver spoon, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but things can happen your family can lose everything in like the 2008 financial collapse, the recession, right? Um, you know, your, your, your dad can be uh, caught for embezzling or something like that. You know, you can lose everything in this country. And, um, and be worse off than somebody, uh, you know, that was born poor than you that worked really hard, that everything went, really well for and they eventually um made it in america and they became president or something like that right the, the, it's like we can have those kinds of stories in america in in britain it's a little bit the rules are a little bit different right so anyway i i um queen elizabeth ii was uh in her 90s and uh she died this week um yeah so she did it was the thing because that, that show on Netflix, The Crown, that's been a really big show these past few years. And I think that's how a lot of Americans, especially younger Americans, have come to understand the significance of, of Queen Elizabeth II, just how long she's been around, um, how many truly historic changes of fortune Britain's had um, in the 70 years or so that she's been there. And uh, I was in class this week when I found out. It's one of those things where you kind of, uh, I think I'm probably always going to remember where I was when I found out Queen Elizabeth II died. Um, because I was in, I was in class and, and our professors kind of told us at the end, she's like, oh, by the way, you know, Queen Elizabeth II died. And there was just this, like this audible gasp. Oh. <gasps> There's this one girl next to me kind of like actually started to tear up a little bit. And she's like, I've just been watching the crown, right? <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know. If she really thinks of queen Elizabeth II as like an actual person. I think she thinks of her as like a, a real life person that was portrayed by an actor, uh, Claire Foy or Olivia Coleman or something. I haven't finished watching that show, but so yeah, I guess like now that, uh, the queen is out of there, um, uh, her son, Prince uh, Charles, right? 
He was married to Diana. Uh, is now going to be the king. But but his his wife though Camilla is not going to be the queen. That that's not how that works anymore. I just spilled a beer. Yeah. Uh, she's going to be like the duchess or something like that. I don't know why. I don't know how that works. Like we used to have kings and queens. Apparently we don't have that anymore. Like we either have the king or the queen. I guess if Camilla was. I guess if Camilla was not a commoner, she would be queen, but she's a commoner, so, you know, I don't know. Hey, Zoe. <laughs> I'm going to get Zoe before she, uh, yeah. Hey. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and like, you know, I guess I, I was asking my wife the other day, like, what is this going to look like? I mean, is Charles now going to be coordinated with like a gigantic crown and like a scepter and like he's going to look like a cartoon character? We haven't seen this since like the 1950s. And this is before a lot of the caricatures of kings and queens that we know now in, like, pop culture, right? Like uh, like that, that lion, uh, Prince John or whatever, in the Disney Robin Hood, right? Uh, it, it's it's going to be so weird to see this kind of thing done non-ironically in 2022. He's going to go and get coordinated, and they're going to give him, like, a big uh, decorated... Uh, uh, robe with like thorns or whatever. He's going to wear like a big crown and uh, holding a scepter. And he's going to look like, and he's like 73 years old too. He's just going to look like an old man. Who's like playing dress up at the retirement home or something. <laughs> it's going to be so bizarre. Maybe they won't do that. I don't know. Maybe even in Britain, there'd be like, you know what? This whole thing where we, give an adult all of this dress up stuff. Maybe, maybe this is not making us look really good in 2022. Maybe we should stop doing this and just stop, cancel the Royal family. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what else? I think I'm going to light up a cigar here. Yeah. So I stopped by the cigar store on the way out of town yesterday got some cigars oh my gosh hey the one thing about like camping and i don't know if you want to call this camping because it is like i do have electricity i have wi-fi i have all these all the comforts right but you're still like out of your element and it's all just a balancing act and I mean, like real camping, like I've done real backpack camping before. And that is a situation where if you want to get prepared for it, just like go to the gym and do like a ton of squats, because that's all camping is basically. It's just nothing but squatting and just doing, you know, not to go to the bathroom or anything like that, but just bending over to get things. And 
just up and down and up and down. And I've been like that all day long too, because primarily because I made the decision to bring the my dogs along with me. Who just basset hounds, I love them so much, but they're not the brightest dogs and they really do go wherever their nose goes. So their nose will take them in front of oncoming cars. So you just have to be really careful with them. Hey Zoe, come here. Zoe. Come here. Yeah, I think I'm going to open up a cigar here. Open up. Get some beer or something. So I got uh, some nice ones to choose from, but I think I'm going to go with this. What is this? I can't read it. I can't read the label. I would use my flashlight, but it's on my phone. I don't know. See, I think I'm going to have this here. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm sure it'll be good. I'll save the label for later and tell you where it is. So I got the uh, cigar lit here. Yeah, this is good. I have no idea what I'm smoking right now, but it's good. Of course, I'm doing it right next to a giant sign that says no smoking, <laughs> including all electronic smoking devices. <laughs> I'm assuming that they mean inside the cabin. Like, it's kind of difficult to believe that, especially in the South, 
that people would come camping and like not smoke cigars or cigarettes or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> you know, the fascinating thing about uh, college, about um, walking around on campus uh, this week and going to my classes um, is that kids are not smoking on campus anymore. Um, the, I, I have noticed no cigarettes. I don't even think I've seen any vaping. I mean, I think kids are finally getting the message that it's not good for them. <laughs> uh, I think like maybe the social stigma that smoking is cool has just been broken. Um, it was very much around when I was, when I was in, in an undergrad, people were smoking everywhere. I mean, I, I didn't even smoke. And I still had like a pack of cigarettes that I had just for social occasions. Mm. What a weird. Jean Marie Collins wants to join you on video. Add? I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know, G. Marie is on. Hey, G. Marie, if you're here, I guess. I don't know how Facebook Live works. I'm doing a live podcast. If you can hear me, I don't know, comment or something, letting me know. I don't know. I'm going to put down my, my cigar. I don't want to smoke a cigar in front of my mother-in-law, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, what else? I'm very confused how Facebook Live works. I can see somebody is watching me. I'm very confused. I don't know. I thought I would have more people joining in. Maybe I'm just not that popular. I don't know. I don't know. This is an experiment, whatever. And I think uh, hopefully I can save this video to watch later so I can actually publish it later for people to actually watch it. If this isn't working, I don't know. So yeah, what else we got? Of course, we have a uh, very important, moving on from Queen Elizabeth, and her dead bones. We have a very important anniversary coming up this week. I don't think anybody will ever forget where they were this time in September many years ago. I'm talking, of course, about the release of Grand Theft Auto V. Now, I, I yeah, that was probably bad taste, right? Yeah, no. September 11th is uh, tomorrow, I think. I think it's tomorrow. The 21 year, 21 years uh, since 9/11, 2001. I was a freshman in college. Cannot believe it was that long ago. These days, I'm like in the in the same exact position. I'm I'm, I'm on the campus of UAB. <laughs> I know G Marie. Thank you for buying me cigars. I know <laughs> G Marie just commented that she buys me cigars. Okay, all right, thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the. Uh, He 
Yeah, other than 9-11, though, this is the nine-year anniversary of, uh, of Grand Theft Auto V coming out, which I know not everybody cares about, but I don't really care about it either. But yeah, Grand Theft Auto V um, was a really big deal when it came out nine years ago. It was uh, just a, a game that like really did change video games. And I've never been a, vid a big uh, video game player at all. But there was something about that game that just really grabbed me that made me go out and buy like an Xbox and my wife Jessica, of course, daughter of Jean Marie, ended up getting it for me for my birthday even though she didn't really approve of the game because it is very violent. It is like you are a guy just going around a city killing innocent people nonstop. That's not why I wanted to get the game. Um, I don't have this like violent rage inside me that makes me want to go out and just kill random people in a video game. Um, I got it primarily just because I love this idea of being thrown into this uh, city and just being given this total opportunity to just free roam anywhere you want to. Um, and yeah, sure, occasionally blow things up, but just explore. Find all the hidden nooks and crannies um, of this gigantic map. Um, Grand Theft Auto V takes place in like this cartoonish version of Los Angeles, California and like the surrounding areas. Like there's, uh, you go out to the country and it's kind of like going out to the Salton Sea or Humboldt County or something like that where there's all these California rednecks, <laughs> descendants of the Okies of the 1930s and 40s, Great Depression, Dust Bowl era, right? Um, yeah, I just, I've always loved playing these Grand Theft Auto 5 games. And when, ever since the Grand Theft Auto 3 came out in like the early 2000s, got a PlayStation 2 just to play it. My mind was like, just blown away. Like, you mean you could just like go on this map and it's not side scrolling and it's not telling you where you have to go at any given time. Like you can go and just do the missions at your leisure and you can just go to this, you know, just go explore. It was just, uh, it blew my mind. I mean, I was such a obsessive fan over Grand Theft Auto three. And, and then like less than two years after that one came out, this other announcement, this Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Wait, you mean it's like a cartoon version of, like, Miami, Florida? It's like Miami Vice? One of my favorite shows from when I was a little kid? And it's, like, in the Scarface motif, and you're, like, a drug dealer that has to, like, get revenge on the drug dealers who tried to kill you? In this 1980s neon-soaked city? And there's all this, like... 80s music, you know, that was the thing. In Grand Theft Auto 3, there was, like, authentic music, but it was music from, like, the movie Scarface, and it wasn't really well-known, but in Grand Theft Auto Vice City, they just got this, like, incredible, eclectic mix of 1980s music that you could just, you know, like, new wave and punk that you could just drive around and listen to. And Grand Theft Auto Vice City was amazing, and it came out so shortly after Grand Theft Auto 3 that I was like, oh my God, we're going to get one of these games like every one or two years. Like every one or two years, there's going to be a new map to explore, new music to listen to, and it's only going to get better from there. 
And then about three years or so later, okay, not so much of a wait, but, you know, Grand Theft Auto is so good that it takes time, and I'll wait happily if it takes them time to make the, the game better, right? So, yeah, Grand Theft Auto, uh, what is it, uh, San Andreas comes out. And not only now are you driving around in, like, this cartoon version of Los Angeles, but it's also, like, two other huge cities to explore. You get this one city called San Fierro, which is like San Francisco, California. And then you get um, a Las Vegas type city to go around in. And there's like jet packs. And again, there's all this new music that you love to listen to. The movie, the game is set in like the early nineties. Um, and, you know, it's about gang wars. And so there's all this early nineties rap and hip-hop to listen to but there's also like guns and roses and you go into like the country community like out into the country and there's country western music from like the 70s and uh, you know that that made me become like a huge eddie rabbit fan just driving around <laughs> the country map on grand theft auto san andreas just listening to like eddie rabbit <laughs> driving around on a dirt bike right it was so amazing. What a fun game, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I want another one. Well, I had to wait four years for that one, okay? And then Grand Theft Auto 4 comes out in 2009. Um, but, man, it was so worth the wait. What a great game, right? Grand Theft Auto 4. Uh, this one, again, is set in, like, Liberty City, which is where... Grand Theft Auto 3 is set. But of course now the, the map is totally redone. The graphics are much better because it's on a next generation console. And they're really trying to tell like a story with this one, right? Like they try to tell stories in the other one as well, but like the Grand Theft Auto 4 is so, so much more serious, right? It's about Nico, this Russian immigrant who comes to America looking for fame and fortune, right? And he just finds drug deals and and uh, pit bulls, right? Just trying to, like, cheat him at every single turn. And Grand Theft Auto 4 just um, was a look into, like, the future of video games. I just can't really even explain the way it was when that game came out. It was just a revelation of, like, what video games could truly be. Like, not only... Um, were the graphics amazing and the voice acting was really good and the music was great, but the, the stories that they could tell, that they could actually really get you into a story um, inside of a video game um, was kind of amazing. It's almost like reading a great novel uh, as you followed around this character, Nico, and you had to make decisions for him. And, and that was also the first game of uh, the Grand Theft Auto series where there were really uh, multi-level missions that you had to take. You know, like you may have to actually uh, follow somebody and take pictures of them and take those pictures back to somebody and say, this is where this guy is. And, and then they say, okay, you're going to have to actually take him out, go snipe him or whatever. And, and, you know, you have to, again, like, you know, I always feel very, uh, morally ambiguous about doing some of this stuff, <laughs> but, uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's like 
any kind of crime or action movie you've ever watched, right? You're watching people do these things and you're a passive participant. Well, now you're asked to actually be an active participant. So maybe that's a little bit better and maybe that's how I justify it. I don't know. Maybe not, but. But yeah, Grand Theft Auto 4 was so good and they finally uh, introduced online play, right? So you could actually go online and play with people. It never really worked that well. It was very rudimentary, but I could see where they were going with it. And I'm like, the next time, they're really going to have it together, right? And so this time I had to wait five years for the ultimate Grand Theft Auto experience, and that was GTA V. When that game was announced, I did not get my hopes up because I realized by now what, what this company that makes these games, Rockstar, with it, what they do with it is, uh, you know, they make an announcement that they're going to do a game and then it's like three or four years before the game finally even has a release date. And then it's still another two years, you know, so they really do make you wait. And so by now, after the waiting period for each of the games kept extending and extending, right? I, I realized that um, this is what's going to happen now is that we're maybe going to get like a Grand Theft Auto game once every 10 years or something like that. So, so yeah, Grand Theft Auto 5 comes out and I can't even tell you when that game finally came out, September 13th, 2013, Again, I'm not, a, I'm not a big video game person at all. I play, like, really no video games. I haven't played a video game in a year. Um, it's really just not my thing. I feel like when I'm playing video games, it's one of those things where, you know, it's like you watch a movie, it's over in two hours. If you read a book, you really do feel like you're, you're putting a lot of mental energy into your entertainment. So it's not a waste of time. But playing a video game is like you're putting so much energy into something that ultimately is just junk food no matter how good the video game is, it really is just junk food because it is, yeah, you're exploring worlds and it really is infusing your imagination, but it's also kind of doing everything for you. It's leaving really nothing to the imagination. Um, and you are being asked to kill a lot of people in the name of entertainment. And I guess as like I get older, I have like real, real serious problems with that. Like, this is something I feel like when I play Grand Theft Auto five and I'm like being asked to kill all these people, I'm like, you know, this is something that like a 16 year old with ADHD and anger issues should, should be doing not a 30 something year old man. Um, and it does. It, I know some people like my age can turn on video games and just completely tune out all of that. But I have serious questions of identity um, when I play video games just feeling like I could be doing something that's so much more productive and contributive to the world, right? Uh, that being said, though, when Grand Theft Auto V came out in 2013, I was, I was all in on that. Um, I went at midnight where I had the game reserved. I stood in line with all the other nerds, right, at GameStop. Uh, got the game, took it home, spent the next two weeks just nonstop playing it straight. That's another thing that happens with me in video games. If I do happen to get in on one, um, 
like Red Dead Redemption 2 or something like that, I am all in on it. I'm really zoned in. I do nothing. But, um, you know, play it just nonstop until I'm pretty much finished with it. And that's the funniest thing. I meet so many people who love these games, Grand Theft Auto V and Red Dead Redemption, which is Rockstar's. It's basically like Grand Theft Auto, but in the Old West, right? You have this huge Western map. You run around and explore. But yeah, when I'm playing these games, I, I just am all in on them. And I don't have time for anything else. And that's not good. Uh, because when I do play these games, I am, uh, I, you know, I, I, I have responsibilities that I can't ignore and I am ADHD and I, am, I do get one track minded when I play these games and I just, you know, but yeah, Grand Theft Auto five is just, uh, though coming back to it was just such an amazing experience where you actually do play three different characters. You alternate between three different characters in this heightened reality of Los Angeles uh, in the present day. And it very much is like as a big fan of uh, Michael Mann movies, you know, like Heat and Collateral. I mean, that's really is a dream. And just you do these multi-staged missions where you have to, uh, you know, you don't just like rob a jewelry store. You have to like go in and participate in every level of the planning of the heist of a jewelry store. You have to like go and get costumes and you have to scope out the security and it's very in depth. Right. And so just as a fan of Michael Mann movies, I was in heaven and also as a big tangerine dream fan, right? Uh, tangerine dream did the music for Grand Theft Auto five. So it, it really is like you're in the movie thief with James Conn or something like that. But yeah, like that, that being said though, my, my huge problem with Grand Theft, Auto, Grand Theft Auto 5 really was that, you know, like part four, they are trying to tell a really in-depth story. Um, as cinematic and as cartoonish as it is, they are trying to make you feel for a professional thief um, who is trying to make amends with an old crime partner that he wronged by giving him up to the FBI, uh, trying to get good with your family again and all that. And you're, you're trying to do all this stuff, but between all that, you go out and just kill a bunch of people. And so that sort of did it for me more than Grand Theft Auto four. Like all the people I've talked to about Grand Theft Auto five who have beaten the game have said that it tells a really good story and it's just like, no, it really doesn't. Um, because that that's the fundamental problem of video games. The fundamental contradiction with them is that you cannot have a good story. You can't tell a good story where you're asked to sympathize with a character, no matter how criminal they are, because the game is always wanting, wanting to have you go out and just kill all these people. Uh, one example I always bring up to people when I'm in conversation about this, and I have had a lot of conversations about Grand Theft Auto V, like being a teacher for the last five years, uh, talking to students who really like these games, right? It's one of the few things that actually ingratiated me to them. 
that made them be like, wow, Mr. B, I thought you were just such an old, boring adult watching Jeopardy every night. You play Grand Theft Auto? Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like one of the things that um, I always bring up to them is how there's one mission where uh, Michael, one of the characters you play, uh, the straight man, right, is, is trying to like get in good with his son and he's trying to rescue his son from like a, a pot deal, a drug deal gone bad. And the son is just like, you know, what do you do? You go out and rob stores and kill people or whatever. And Michael's like, I know I'm trying to get better. And the next mission, you literally go out and kill cops. Like the game, there's no way around it. I tried to do the mission without killing any cops. There's literally no way around it. You have to kill cops. And, and I'm just like, okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just a contradiction in terms, right? Trying to play a video game that has a moral center, uh, but is also very violent and action oriented, right? So anyway, yeah, that was, um, God, nine years ago. So nine years and there's been no new Grand Theft Auto. I guess what they try to do with it is um, they have this Grand Theft Auto online, right? Where you um, can go on and they're constantly giving you new content and things like that uh, to play. And so that's been their reason why they haven't released any new Grand Theft Auto games. They're really trying to stick everything within the universe of this game that they created nine years ago. And I understand, and that's okay, and I have gone on in brief periods in the last nine years and played Grand Theft Auto Online. I just cannot get into it. Uh, primarily because it's not a game that you can just go on and play for free. Like, you can technically, but you are encouraged to do microtransactions, and, and you just don't have any chance competing in that game against all these people who are, like, paying money. You know, these kids who are, like, swiping their parents' credit cards uh, to get all these new weapons and vehicles and things like that. So you really do have to, like, be fully committed to this online gaming experience that you've already, you've already paid for. But they keep on wanting you to give it more money and more money, and I just can't do that. Um, having, you know, grown up in, a, in an age where it's like you go to the mall, you get a video game cartridge and you pay for it once and that's it. I don't like this new freemium model or whatever it is where like, what's the point in even playing the game? You know that you're going to have to pay for it eventually. So I just want a new Grand Theft Auto game. You know, it's been nine years now. Come on. Um, and I've, I've looked online and like they, they, they are talking about a Grand Theft Auto 6 that is going to go back to Vice City. It is going to be like Miami, which, I mean, that sounds amazing. And I will definitely play it uh, when it comes out. I'm sure it's going to have all the same exact storytelling flaws as all the other Grand Theft Autos. But, you know, it'll be an amazing environment to go around in and explore for a couple of weeks before I have to wait 20 years for another game. Right. <laughs> But yeah, like, I mean, some preliminary estimates of this game or like Grand Theft Auto 6 is that it's going to be like 2030 before it comes out. Very, very long time from now. Grand Theft Auto 5, nine years old this week, right? <laughs> oh, man. 
So yeah. Um, before I forget, I do want to wish my good friend and possibly my longest supporter here at the Midnight Citizen Show, Paul, a very happy birthday. He had a birthday the other day. Um, yeah, Paul, uh, last week when I did my live show, tuned in and was there the whole time. He likes to sit out there on his back porch with his dog, Susie, and, uh, and listen to the show. He actually watches it live when I do it on YouTube. So, uh, happy birthday, Paul. I want to say to you, known Paul for a very long time, was my original manager at Starbucks. Starbucks, right? Yeah. So anyway. But yeah, I think I'm going to call it a show. Hey, there's Paul right here. He's actually watching my show. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> he just said, thanks, Mike. And just verified to me that after a year, after an hour of doing the show, people are actually able to watch it. Okay, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, I was going back and forth about doing a live show uh, out here on the porch at the KOA, but I'm glad I did. The cigar's gone out. Oh, I was actually going to do... I just got reminded. I, I did uh, bring a little bit of whiskey. I had a little bit of Maker's Mark um, left over. And I was going to do a toast to you, Paul, a birthday toast. And I don't know if you're watching where you can drink some whiskey or not. But I, I'm going to do a toast to you. Um, to your birthday. I normally do, like, toast... Uh, to dead people. So, uh, people who died the week of the show. Uh, so I guess I could do like a toast to your birthday as well as, uh, dead old Queen Elizabeth II, right? So anyway, toast to you and that maker's mark. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, my birthday's next week, and uh, we're going to try and uh, put together something. I think Jessica was talking about putting together some dinner or whatever. And uh, obviously you, Paul, or and anybody else who sees this who can come are invited. And uh, we'll do like a dual celebration, Paul, if you come for both of us. Yeah. So anyway. Um. Yeah, with that, I want to thank you so much for joining me here on the uh, on the Midnight Citizen uh, show. Um, I will be back next week in the studio with a live show. Um, and I've also been recording like a ton of video uh, on this trip. Like uh, today when I went down to Nashville, I recorded a lot of video and I'm editing it together and I actually do have, uh, I haven't talked about it on this uh, channel, but I, I do have another channel that I actually do publish videos on on YouTube uh, called An English Teacher. Uh, it's basically where I just publish like book reviews and things like that. But the last few weeks I actually have been uh, making vlogs of my transition experience from being like a teacher to a full-time grad student and all that. So I will... Uh, publish the link uh, to where you can find those and see a whole chronicle of my adventures uh, here in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> I'm just very narcissistic. I just record myself everywhere I go, but I don't know. I'm also very short memoried. 
I don't have a I don't have a long term memory, so I have to record things, so I can remember where I was in the moment. So anyway, <laughs> all right. He had to pour a what is that beer? I don't know. I can't read the emoji, Paul. Sorry. Yeah. So anyway, have a good night. Mike Booty signing off. Keep your eyes open. Right. Oh, a glass of makers. Okay, there it is. Okay. Right, so I'm going to like turn off my recorder right now. Okay. So that's that's the show right there. I have no idea.